We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. It's the day after our runoff elections here in the state of Oklahoma, and we have several results to discuss. Some things we can celebrate, some things of concern. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening into the show. It's the morning of August 24th, obviously the day after the runoff elections here in Oklahoma. I'm going to discuss several of those races. Actually, I'm going to zero in on a couple here. But the thing I want to do right now is basically show my cards. Uh, We had a couple very good results. And rather than bemoan the bad, I'm going to focus on the good results. And I'm going to do so in a manner that encourages those who want to stay the course, to not back down, to not go weak-kneed, to not try to shake hands with the enemy, so to speak, and, and find a middle way. No, you were elected. You were elected last night because you stood strong and you stood for something. Josh Burkeen won because he stands strong and he didn't back down. I respect that. That's why I endorsed him. We need to encourage him and support him as he fights the good fight now and and have his back when everyone else is shooting arrows at him. We need to stick together, or as Benjamin Franklin once said, we will either hang together or we will hang separately. So we need to hang with Josh Burkeen if you live in the 2nd Congressional District and you elected him. Thank you for voting for him. Good move. Good move. I really respect Josh Burkeen. As I've said, he has Senator Tom Coburn's DNA coursing through his veins, and I believe that he will govern in the exact same way. A man of conviction, a man of courage, a man of principle. Thank the Lord for Josh Burkeen's victory last night. And then we have the Secretary of Public Construction here in the state of Oklahoma, Ryan Walters, won, defeating April Grace. I'm going to spend a lot of my time talking about that race and why it's so important. Perhaps the most important thing that was on the ballot here in the state of Oklahoma. I talked about it yesterday. I told you, get out and vote for Ryan Walters. I don't know what part, if any, I had in getting those numbers to the polls yesterday. But if I had some small role in encouraging people to vote for Ryan Walters rather than his opponent, then I'm grateful that I was part of that fight. Education is critical. I continue to believe that we ignore the paramount importance of education. We consider such races as what took place between Ryan Walters and April Grace to be secondary. We don't pay much attention to them, or at least we haven't until recently. But now we're starting to rise up, not only here in Oklahoma, but across the nation, from Virginia to uh, San Francisco. Parents are rising up and saying, no, what you're doing right now 
is indoctrinating our kids. You're not educating our kids. This is propaganda. You're trying to brainwash them into a, your social emotional model. You're, you're more concerned with LGBTQIA than teaching them just their ABCs and how to read and how to write. You're, you're not teaching them the basics of how to think, how to critique an idea, how to, how to tear it apart, and how to evaluate things logically. In fact, now you're disparaging logic in the classroom as if it's a product of, quote-unquote, white privilege. You're actually teaching my kids this nonsense, that to think logically, Socratically, to recognize a fallacy for what it is, is a, a white, quote-unquote, way to think? I mean, not only is this an insult to uh, Caucasian children, it's an ultimate insult to those children that aren't Caucasian. It suggests that they aren't capable of thinking rightly and that they can't be trained to recognize a fallacy. We're, we're actually dumbing down education to the point where we insult various different groups of people by suggesting that if you think that way, you're a racist, and if you don't think that way, you're incapable of thinking that way, and therefore we'll dumb down education because that way of thinking is beyond your, your capacities. That's really what's there. It's disguised as uh, social, emotional learning. It's disguised as being just, but it's not. It's the same lie, if you will, that's endemic in the trans movement, that somehow this is uh, to, to tear down a woman, to deconstruct a woman, to disparage a woman, to mock a woman, to blackface a woman, to dress up as if you're a woman and pretend and to culturally appropriate everything about a woman unto yourself, even though you're a man, that that's a good thing rather than a bad thing, that this is good for the feminist movement rather than a complete reversal of everything that feminists have done in their march for equality. Anyway, I digress. I want to talk about the races. I'm going to share with you uh, my race. I'm going to share with you the results if you didn't follow that last night. I ran for county commissioner, District 1, here in Osage County. We'll talk about that very briefly. That's not the focus of the show, but I do feel I owe it to everybody to give you an update on that. And then we'll talk about Josh Burkeen's race. We'll talk about Ryan Walters' race, talk about the Senate between T.W. Shannon and Mark Wayne Mullen a little bit, and uh, I'm going to zero in on the importance of ideas and how ideas have consequences, and every one of these races are grounded in ideas, ideas that matter, and you voted for somebody because they said they embrace a given set of ideas. Hold their feet to the fire. Make sure that they don't back down. We live in a time where not to speak is to speak, not to act is to act. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, inaction or equivocation, going weak need, not having the courage or the spine to continue to speak and act in a manner that's consistent with what you said while you campaign is unacceptable. And we should hold our own to the highest standard. Those we elected, those we voted for, we need to support them. And if they do back down and if they go weak on things that they told us they were strong on, good conservatives thank our leaders when they're right and criticize them when they're wrong. We hold each other accountable 
accountable to be exactly what it is we claimed to be. That's called integrity. That's called integration. Integrating head and heart, fact and faith, belief and behavior. We integrate these things. We hold each other accountable to be men and women of the truth. Honesty, integrity, forthrightness. These are principles that conservatives hold dear. So dear that when our own, when people within our own camp violate those principles, we say, no, thank you for the good decisions you made, but don't do that. We will not remain silent if you do. Maybe that's the lesson that we should learn in every in every campaign season. Conservatives thank our leaders when they're right, criticize them when they're wrong. We applaud we applaud people that we've chosen at the polls, but we're not blind. We're not blind. We're not blind loyalists. We cherish loyalty, yes, but we're not blind loyalists. We believe in principles over and above the person. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break. I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. So we had several races on August 23rd, our runoff elections here in the state of Oklahoma. Now, if you're listening to the show from some other state, and I know we have many listeners out of state. By the way, I haven't given you an update lately on on the numbers. Uh, We're still running between 60 and 70,000 listens a month for the rebellion. Now, the way we can grow that is if you copy and paste uh, links to your favorite episodes of the rebellion and get it out there on your social media and tell other people to listen in. We need to move above the 70,000 into the 80 and 90 and hopefully approach the 100,000 mark within, within the course of the next few months. So please, if you enjoy the rebellion and you get something out of it, I encourage you, the number one thing that you can do is copy and paste into your social media, Facebook, MeWe, Gab, Gitter, Truth Social, uh, Twitter, all of the above. Get your network of people engaged in the rebellion. Tell them about it. Tell them why you like it. Post it out there and say, listen to this. That's all you need to do. Listen to this one. And that way, we'll get more followers. So thank you for your loyalty. Please continue to push it out there in your social network. So um, let's talk about these elections. Josh Burkeen won. I'm grateful for that. Now, when I talk about these victories. I'm going to stay away from speaking negatives, talking negatively about the opponents. I obviously don't think the opponents um, were of the same caliber. I I don't appreciate some of the things they were doing in their campaign. Um, Now, some people will excuse some of the dirty campaigning on dark money, PACs, and they'll say, well, it's illegal for the candidate to even be engaged in those commercials, those those negative commercials, that, uh, that stuff about Josh Burkeen being against the Electoral College. That wasn't his opponent's fault. That, that was dark money. Um, it, it, technically, there's some truth to that. But ask yourself this. Have you ever seen a politician come forward and say, hey, that, camp- that campaign commercial, that commercial against my opponent, uh, I'm not responsible for it. It's a pack that apparently is trying to defeat my opponent. I'm trying to defeat my opponent, but I'm doing it for good reasons, and I'm trying to do it the right way. I do not support what this uh, political action committee or this this dark money group is doing, because what they're saying about my opponent right now, I, I, I don't endorse that. 
that's garbage. That's not true. <laughs> You're probably scratching your head right now and saying, are you out of your mind, Piper? You actually think a politician would do that? Well, wouldn't it be refreshing to find one that would? that would be willing to lose his campaign rather than win by virtue of sleight of hand, deception, and deceit. Now, Josh Brakeen, I was worried about it. Uh, in fact, I, I texted his campaign manager and said, I'm really worried about this, uh, this lie that's being perpetuated right now about Josh Brakeen being against the Electoral College. It seems to be sticking because I've had several of my followers text me and email me and call me and say, is this true? Talk to me. Why are you supporting Josh Burkine if he's, if he's against the Electoral College? And I said, that's not true. He's not against the Electoral College. He never voted against the Electoral College. Listen to his own explanation. Go to his website. And I gave them links to that. Go read what he wrote about his vote when he was a senator here in the state of Oklahoma, a state senator. Uh, he's explained it wasn't against the Electoral College. In fact, because he's such a strict constitutionalist, he knows that the Constitution <laughs> includes the Electoral College, and you just can't come out and vote against it. I mean, you can't do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's in the Constitution. You, you, we the, thank the Lord because the Electoral College is a good thing, and Josh Burkeen embraces that. Uh, he, he did vote once to leverage, leverage the electoral votes with other local states. And then he recognized immediately thereafter that there was a problem with that vote, that, that those that had been in favor of it hadn't really thought about all the negatives associated with packaging uh, their electoral votes with another state, a neighboring state, and therefore he apologized for that vote immediately and rescinded it, retracted it, said I was wrong. I find that refreshing that somebody, an, a politician, an elected official, would say, hey, I was wrong, I'm sorry about that. Um, I've, I've, I've been informed, I've read a little bit more deeply, and I shouldn't have voted that way. And even the vote he cast was not against the Electoral College, and the fact that people were accusing him of this was just garbage. Thank the Lord for Josh Brakeen's vote. Excuse me, for Josh Brakeen's victory. If you're in the 2nd Congressional District, you now have an exceptional, an exceptional Republican running in the general election, and that's Josh Brakeen. Continue to support him. Support him champion him. Even if you voted for his opponent, you have a good constitutionalist who has Tom Coburn's DNA coursing through his veins right now. And he's a strong, committed Christian that won't back down from his Christian principles. And even if you're not a Christian, you should take, you could, you should, you should take great comfort in that fact, because a conservative Christian believes in the biblical imperative of personal freedom and individual liberty. You don't force your faith on anybody. You don't force other people to do things that they don't want to do, at least as long as those things, in the words of Thomas Jefferson, don't pick my pocket or break my leg. In other words, if it doesn't cause physical damage or if you're not stealing personal property, then conservative Christians recognize that there's great latitude within our society to exercise your personal freedoms. Josh Brickeen understands that. Okay, let's, uh, let's talk about the Senate for just a minute. So uh, Mark Wayne Mullen beats T.W. Shannon. 
personally, um, I think both of these candidates, T.W. Shannon and Mark Wayne Mullen, are going to be reliable conservatives. I've said earlier that I wasn't too sure that either one of them were anti-swamp conservatives, but I do believe they will they will vote conservatively, regardless of who wins. Um, I actually uh, liked T.W., um, and the reasons are multiple there. But he didn't win, and Mark Wayne Mullen did. So we just need to continue to work the phones and work the emails and, and stay in communication if you, with Mark Wayne Mullen as our senator. I mean, the antithesis, the opposite, uh, the a Democrat um, in that Senate seat would just be absolutely devastating. So even if you think that uh, Mark Wayne Mullen is going to be um, more of a establishment Republican rather than an anti-swamp Republican, the way you hold somebody's feet to the fire is going to influence the way they vote and the way they behave. So be thankful that you have Mark Wayne Mullen as your senator right now and continue to communicate with him, excuse me, to communicate with him so that he understands why you want him to vote in a given way. And I think he does have the internal barometer to appreciate that and go that direction. Um, let's talk about Ryan Walters' victory. Well, before we get to that, because I want to, I want to stay on task here. I'll, I'll share with you the status of my race. Um, we were blessed. Okay, we were blessed that uh, we won last night. It was a tough race. Uh, it's you might say, I don't care. It's county commissioner for Osage County, Oklahoma, District One. What do I care? Well, you should care because of the lessons that I'm going to share with you right now. Um, this was a, in the primary, we had four candidates, and I was one of the four on the Republican side. In Oklahoma, you have to, in order to get elected, you have to get 50% plus one of the vote. So when you have a four-way race, statistically, you're probably not going to get the 50%. So in the primary, I received 46%, the incumbent 38%. And the other two candidates split the remaining 16% or so between the two of them. So by Oklahoma statute, that means they're bumped out. And the top two candidates that failed to get the 50% plus one then run against each other in a runoff. That's why we have these runoffs in Oklahoma. So I went into this with fear and trepidation. And um, as I've shared with you, uh, part of me is thinking, you know, I'm not doing this for a career move anymore. Anyway, I, I don't... I don't need a title, and I'm not looking for another job. I'm doing this because I'm willing to serve. So um, I'm going to stick to my principles, and I'm going to say what I think I can do in a different way, strategic planning, budget management, involving people, relational leadership, community uh, synergies. These are things that I hold dear. And I stuck to my principles and um, thought, if we win, great, that's God's grace. If we lose waving that banner, those things, those priorities, then so be it. We lose. Not going to change. And the results came in last night at 60% to 40%. And to be honest, candid, that number is the result of grassroots involvement. I was told when I was a young fundraiser in the first phase of my career in colleges and universities, that if you want to get money out of a donor for a project, you have to transfer ownership. 
that the idea has to be theirs. As long as it's your idea, they're not going to give you much money. But if your prospective donor sees it as his idea or her idea, that's when they'll open up their pocketbook. So the goal, the strategy of a fundraiser is to transfer the ownership for the idea to the prospective donor. And I think that same principle holds true in all areas of life. When you transfer ownership to others, that's when the synergies start clicking. And that's when you, you get the exponential gain of, of multiple people saying, this is my campaign. This is my race. I'm going to work hard. This isn't your campaign, Everett Piper. It's our campaign. And that happened in our commissioner's race. We had people in Scheidler and Burbank, and we had people in Avant and Barnstall and Winona. We had people over on the west side of the county in what's called the McCord area and Caw Lake area. We had people in Bartlesville addresses on the east side of the county. We had people up in the Hudson Lake area and what's called Airport Road. People all over the county were working because they owned this. This was their race. It wasn't just Piper's race. And as a result, we got 60% to 40%. Um, because it isn't about Piper anymore. It wasn't about me. It was about all of these various different individuals. It was their campaign. And they worked as hard, if not harder than me, in some of these areas. Going door to door, handing out material, making phone calls, sending text messages. 60% to 40% as a result of transferring ownership and allowing other people to share in the victory and giving them the credit for that rather than talking about myself all the time. There is no I in team. Just remember that. I know it's a cliche and you think, oh my land, really, you're going to say that? Yeah, I'm going to say that. There is no I in team. When I played basketball as a young man, there was some success. The Lord blessed blessed us with um, a lot of great stories, but I but I learned something. Um, the guy who wants the ball all the time isn't necessarily a ball hog, but the guy who talks about himself all the time and wants his points when he has the ball wants his points more than he wants to give the team the credit. That guy is a ball hog, and that guy is not a leader. He's in it for himself. He's not in it for the team. There is no I in team. Somebody talks about, I did this, I did that all the time. Or I want this, I want that. Or it's about me. No, it's about we, the team. It's not about I. There is no I in team. And because my t team, the Piper team, uh, came together last night and claimed ownership in this campaign, there was a 60% to 40% victory. I'm grateful for that. So in the last few minutes, let's go on and talk about education. Education is the most critical race last night. I, I, I believe more important than the Senate or the congressional race, education. And Ryan Walters's victory over April Grace was critical. Why? Because what I've said a thousand times on this show, ideas have consequences. Okay, We're talking about stuff in our culture right now. We, we see all of the blaming of conservatives. Every time there's a, a shooting, for example, conservatives get blamed for it because they they believe in the Second Amendment. So it's your fault that somebody got killed in a school or in a mall or whatnot. It's your fault. It's a conservative's fault. Um, it, it's if you see any act of interracial 
interracial tension. Um, police, if the police are uh, confronting somebody that isn't Caucasian, well, it's conservatives' fault. You guys are racists. Um, you're profiling, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So everything is blamed on conservatives right now for your conservative values. Obama, I don't know, I'm not going to say he started it, but certainly he was guilty of it. Every time, you know, he blamed the First Amendment for and the gun ownerships for shootings every time they took place. Um, we've got various different um, spokespersons that take to the news every time there's a crisis and blame other people for their values, their constitutional values. You're a MAGA, you're a Trumper, you're this, you're that, you're at fault. But no one ever talks about the ideas that are actually leading to this stuff, ideas that are being taught to your kids. Uh, nobody ever talks about the violence in video games, for example. What are your kids being taught in those video, video games? How about the sex in movies and TV and now in the classroom? Maybe that's why your kids are sexual nihilists. Education is teaching your kids informal education in the classroom as well as the education that they get while sitting behind in front of a screen. Education is teaching your kids to expunge from the public square their moral absolutes and embrace this moral nihilism of LGBTQIA, SJW, BLM, CRT nonsense. The Bible is out and your personal beliefs are in. Holding people accountable to an objective moral standard is out, and it doesn't matter what you believe as long as it works for you is in. So Ryan Walters's courage in confronting a lot of this nonsense and saying, no, stop teaching our kids your sexual propaganda in your public schools in Tulsa, Oklahoma City, or any place else. Stop teaching them that and start teaching them the basics of common sense morality as well as just how to read and write and how to count and that biology, physiology, and physics are objective, is the pursuit of objective reality rather than the celebration of constructed postmodern feelings. Thank you, Ryan Walters, for having the courage to do that. And that is the most important victory of the day. His courage in standing in the face of the teachers' unions and saying, no, back down, back down. We're not going to allow you to bully us into submission on this stuff any longer because your tactics are actually tearing the heart, mind, and soul out of our children, out of our progeny, and we're not going to allow you to do that anymore. That's not the role of education. In fact, shame on you, teachers, unions, and progressive leftists for doing that to our kids in our public schools. That's why I celebrate Ryan Walters's victory. So thank you to everyone who listened to the show yesterday who went in and voted, voted for good conservative principles in Josh Burkeen, in other races, but in particular, the race for superintendent of public construction here in the state of Oklahoma. Thank you for voting for Ryan Walters and continue to stay the course on into the general election. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. <laughs>